This morning, I would like to, and it's so exhaustive, I wouldn't even begin to finish, but I don't know that I'll, yeah, I may do it two Sundays, I'm not really sure. Uh, But, you know, it's not so much, you know, me covering every point that, that I might have written, but somehow that you get the message get the message of it. And so I want to talk about, you know, living a kingdom lifestyle. I, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, my scripture verses, I think we'll, we'll, we'll run those, Dominic, if you would there. I don't know how they have them up. That doesn't make any difference. Just going to give a reference point. Matthew 6, 33 is, you know, you've, you've known about it. We all know about it. It's one of our favorites. And, you know, it, it, it keeps us aligned. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all else. All these things shall be added unto you. So you want to know what they are. You just go and read the scriptures just prior to it and find out. You know what I mean? Uh, this is really a great incentive, you know, to have kingdom priority in your life. Uh, because, you know... It, it takes care of the rest of life. The things that most people labor under, you know, the things that most people worry about, you know, Jesus said that, that, that you know, he will lift the load of it. It'll, he'll make it lighter, you know, by the fact of, you know, we have a, a, a kingdom conscious mind all the time, all right? <clears throat> now, when he asked the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say here or see see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. A person could elaborate a lot on those, but we'll take all of our time up trying to get into the lifestyle of a kingdom. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. There is, there is a mouthful in that passage of Scripture right there. You know. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Amen? Father, thank you for the written word. Thank you that, as David said, it was a light and a lamp. And so may what we share when, you know, God uh, uh, find a, not just a lodging place in our heart, may it find rich soil whereby it can produce, you know, itself in mighty and many fold ways. We ask you to help this vessel and help us as hearers. Help us as workers together, Father, to to, uh, uh, grasp our position and the mightiness of our influence that we have been commissioned to do in this time and this hour and this generation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whenever you move kingdoms, whenever you move 
from one country to another. You have to learn and discover the culture. You have to learn the, the, the uh, rules or the, uh, the principles of that kingdom. We have been transferred or translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We have been acquainted in that world of darkness. But now all of a sudden, when Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior, and we are transferred into another kingdom. And there are, there's a culture. There are principles by which every kingdom functions. And you have to learn those. <coughs> Moving from one country to another, and that's where you're going to live. To function properly, you know, to be effective, we have to find out what those principles that govern life in that kingdom are. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, lays out very specifically the principles that govern the kingdom. His kingdom. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The behavior patterns which govern life in kingdom society, God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. The objective is that we live in such a way with kingdom lifestyle that the influence of our heavenly life becomes effective in and around that foreign place that he has deposited us. Same address, but different kingdoms. <clears throat> think about this for a moment. I think what this happens. You would agree with me that we live in a dark world where sin is the rule and not the exception. I mean, I literally, when I read and hear the news, I'm just, you know, if it wasn't for God and the word and, and the hope and our, our, what, we, what we know is, is our role, you know, the wind is just taken out of your sails. Just fundamental, practical, uh, you know, elements of just humanity are missing. Am I right? That's right? 
as children of light, we must be on guard not to become so accustomed to the darkness that we think it's the norm. You walk into a dark room, and at first it's dark. And yet, the longer you stay there, the more accustomed you get to the darkness. And Jesus emphasizes the importance of that we're light. And it begins, it can conform us to its guidelines. And so we don't want to let our spiritual eyes get used to the dark. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8 says, You were formerly in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk and live as children of light. God has called us to a heavenly walk, to have an influence of heavenly life. Christ's kingdom is different in both structure and in principles. It is like the immigrant who comes to a new country but must learn the new culture. Paul said in order for this to happen, we must have a heavenly mindset. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4, he says that, that uh, 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 we must focus on our resurrected position. It says, since you have, be, have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The importance of a visual of the resurrected Christ greatly influences your perspective and your thinking and keeps the light on. Otherwise, it's like a dimmer switch. It's not lights out, it's gradually dimmed. And we become a custom he says in that same verse or same chapter set your mind on things above and not earthly things be consumed with God and his kingdom then he says when you do that your life is going to be flooded with perfect peace Because I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on the king. Amen? Jesus began to talk to his, his followers and 
He wasn't pointing to some future place. He, he wanted them to live in the reality of the kingdom, the kingdom that is now in their daily lives. That's why he said you need to pray for the kingdom to come now into your daily lives. Jesus taught that kingdom principles should be of primary concern of our lives. That God's reign in our lives impacts our actions, our thoughts, our relationships, our families, our institutions, and hopefully our governments. And he said in that passage of scripture, he says, you can't give light to the world if you hide it. And he starts out his message in Matthew chapter 5, and what you would know, you know, as the Beatitudes. But what they are is the character qualities that are foundational to kingdom living. Starts with a blessing, which is really a characteristic of God, because we're sharing in his divine nature. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 says, We have been made partakers of divine nature, and as a result we have escaped the corruption that is in the world. Again, he emphasizes the personal relationship with God that is not based on circumstances, but is based upon seeing the resurrected Christ. It was the resurrected Christ that, that changed the whole uh, uh, sorrow mentality. The, 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 the forlorn spirit of the disciples. The, the, let's just get together, you know, in our room. Because we're afraid. And when they became aware of his resurrection... It revolutionized their, their life. And he begins by saying that kingdom lifestyle, being influence, a heavenly influence, first of all starts with your appetite. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. An appetite. The perspective then is also, you get a new disposition toward those who are falling short. Blessed are the merciful. And the effect of God in our lives makes us real. Blessed are the pure in heart.
And then we have that which guides our relationship, and that is we're committed to peace. Peace is something that's more than the absence of conflict. It is a personal wholeness, a justice, a righteousness. It includes the blessing that is ours. It, it takes us back to paradise, so to speak, the Garden of Eden. No, it, it isn't in the kingdom where we've been placed, but it's in the kingdom that has been placed in us. The kingdom is within you. Living on earth as citizens of heaven is the challenge. A lifestyle that's distinctively but and delightfully different. In our passage of scripture that we read, he informs us that we are agents of light. We're called to bring out the God flavors and the flowers of earth. Think about it. Agents of light. Agents of love. What kind of love? The Calvary kind of love. The Calvary kind of love. We're called to have a Calvary kind of love. That love that's woven in the very fabric of our life, our breath, our brain waves, and our heartbeat. I have come that you might have life. In 1 John, he says, let us love brethren, and children rather, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth. One of the foundational things of kingdom living. Luke chapter 6, but I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you and bless those that curse you. And pray for those that spitefully use you. It's no longer an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We're to have a heavenly influence. Love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. This is the culture of the kingdom. This is the living of the kingdom. This Calvary love we're supposed to wear like clothes on our back. And the good thing about it is, is grace enables you to walk out the truth that God calls you to. Grace enables you. How important is this aspect? Well, 
It seems that God has leveraged everything on the church loving like this. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. A trademark of the kingdom is man that we really love each other. That we really get along. That unity is priority. It's something we pursue. The two greatest kingdom principles is what? First and second commandment. Love the Lord and love your neighbor. Relates to relationship either with God or man. Now he says, and I believe it was, well, Jesus said it, and I believe John picks up the theme of it too, the, the epistles of, of John, you know, that it's easy to love those that love you. But you see, our lives are supposed to be like an alabaster box that the sweet odors are constantly emitted. Like an alabaster box. As This kingdom is like we're scattering seeds of some sort, and these seeds are falling into the lives of others. They're falling in the lives of others. Think about it. Our common work of every day is supposed to be done in such a way that the lives of others are touched with loveliness. But they're sinners. You don't know what they're like. Yes, I do. I was one of them. One of the things that often gets missed is mercy. The very mercy that we receive, sometimes we have a hard time giving out. Kingdom. You see, if you want to move your world toward heaven, you must live a little more heavenly. There was a young story of a young boy, and he had received the Lord, and yet shortly after he received the Lord, 
he faced a situation where he was going to die. And he says, he says, I'm, I'm going to go to heaven. But is there somehow that you could erase, as he's talking to those of his family, is there somehow that you could erase my years of sin that have influenced people? No. Because those seeds have been scattered in the lives of those people. And so Jesus calls us to be heavenly influences, to take the culture of heaven, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. It's not just a nice prayer. No, it's a compelling thing. It's a mandate. You have to know the Kingdom principles to live the kingdom lifestyle. Come on, church, help me here. You know what? We, t- for too long, you know what I mean? We, we just went ahead and, and just enjoyed our salvation and not worried about the... We've been placed in a new kingdom that is supposed to have an influence to the foreign kingdom around us. And so God is, he's, he's, I think, you know, trying to inspire, as God said, the the church this morning has been. Embracing the kingdom lifestyle. See, we are are in life but a short time, but our influence lives long after us. The book of Hebrews says that Abel, though being dead, still, he's still got a voice. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My mom and dad are gone. They still got a voice. Those patriarchs of old that are gone, they, they still have a voice. We are not only living with a voice today, but we are living to leave a legacy of a voice after we're gone. What is in what will our voice still be speaking with regard to those that are been involved in our life? A voice. One of the cultures and principles of the kingdom is it is a kingdom of peace and not of war. I know that's tough to, to place 
in a warring society. But Jesus, as he is in the garden and he's just ready to be taken and to meet what his, was his commission in life, Peter, who yet is not understanding the culture of the kingdom, which is none other than, you know, the culture of the king, draws his sword and he cuts off the high priest's ear. And Jesus said, if you're going to live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Catch the principle of the kingdom, church. You want swords in your life? Then execute swords from your life. You want peace in your life? Then execute peace from your life. Oh. If you live by peace, basically he's saying you'll be able to die. By peace. Even though he hung on the cross. Because it's not what's happening on the outside. It's what is the most dynamic on the inside. Culture of the kingdom, the lifestyle of the kingdom for the purpose of influencing or being light and salt. But if the salt loses its strength, its effectiveness is no longer pertinent, and so therefore it's cast out and becomes a walkway. A walkway, that's what they would do. They would throw it in the pathway. Kind of like how we pave things. We love the pavement over the unpaved. Well, the world would love to get us ineffective. and Well, not even the world, they don't even know, but the devil. Get us ineffective so that, you know, everything is just becoming in their Pathway. They're, they're, you know, where they walk without having an effect or an influence. He is saying in that passage of scripture, if you live by the sword, you'll perish by the sword. If you use violent, forceful, underhanded methods against other people, you can expect the same methods to be used against you. I don't know. I don't want that. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I did not write it. God did. I'm not responsible for it. God is. Now, we might not uh, be able to 
do much about our plannings of the past, but we sure can do something about the plannings of the future. And as a result of that, that is what will be remembered. Living the influence of a heavenly life. The core values of the kingdom is discovered in his Sermon on the Mount, which is three chapters. It's a statement of the believer's role in cooperating with the grace of God. It's the litmus test to measure our spiritual development and our ministry impact. And in those first eight verses, it is, it is, it is like these, these eight beautiful flowers in the garden of our heart that God wants to fully blossom. They define love, godliness, spiritual maturity, and kingdom lifestyle. But you know, he doesn't just tell us about these flowers that need to develop in our life. He also tells us about what we need to pursue and also what we need to resist. Right in the Sermon on the Mount. See, if you'll notice, he says, he called his disciples unto him. And so five, six, and seven, he's talking to disciples. And when he transfers, you know what I mean? And when eight starts, you know what I mean? His crowd is different. Okay, come on now, church. Now, hang on. Five, six, and seven is not a message to the world. The message to the world is that God has come to give them life. The message to the church is that there is a way to live that God wants you to live that is fortified and empowered by the grace of God. Now, it's not a bad message for anybody. But it's disciples' words. And so he says there's six temptations that you need to resist in trying to be a heavenly influence. He said one is unrighteous anger. Two is immorality. Three is when you have a disregard for the covenant of marriage. When it's just taken lightly. Now, 
He's not saying, you know, that there would never be divorces, but you don't take it lightly. He says, making false commitments. Demanding your personal rights. Oh. Jesus said, the culture of the kingdom goes the second mile. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) It goes the second mile. So you want to resist not going the second mile. And number six, he says, don't live a life of retaliation. A life of retaliation. Resist those things. You are lights of the world. Let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The scripture doesn't say that they're going to get away with it. It says they're going to see something. They're going to be attracted to something. They're going to be impressed by something. And eventually there's going to be a connection. I remember my father who I was not there when he was in his old life, but I've heard about his old life. And in his old life, you know what I mean? It was a worldly life. And he had, he had many, many Christians around him throughout his life. Yeah. And the sad part of it was that when he came to Jesus, when a man in his life exemplified heavenly culture and principles that finally convinced him. He actually said to the Lord, Lord, I don't want what they got. He saw them cheat. He saw them confess one thing and living another. (laughs) That's just a fact. You didn't do that. But there was one man. One man that he worked with. Worked in the woods with. One man that so influenced my father by the seeds that he sowed in the daily activity that when when he asked him, Doug... Could I hold a service in your house? And many had asked before. Not a chance. But because he was attracted by kingdom culture and principles, he said, sure. Impacted.
Then he says there's not only things to resist, but there's five kingdom activities that need to go on in your life. All just right in that one little preaching session. Said you, kingdom culture has prayer. Kingdom culture has fasting. In other words, there's situations that demand intensity, and, and yet there's a way to do it. Kingdom culture has giving, kingdom culture has serving, and kingdom culture has blessing your enemies. Those spiritual disciplines, he says, that position our heart. Because when we do that, that's how grace freely comes into our life more and more. And then, of course, he goes on and gives the promises, the results. If you will live this kind of kingdom lifestyle, there will be rewards in your life. There will be provision in your life. You will have an impact on the society around you. You will be great in his eyes. You will have treasures in heaven. And you will live this age with your hearts overwhelmed by the grace of God. Oh, hallelujah. If you want to feed others the living bread, you must feed on that bread. If you want to lift men to a higher plane, you must live the higher plane life. The truth of the matter is you may never preach the gospel with the tongue of an angel, but you can translate the Bible into your life that others may read it. Amen. That's true. Results. How do we live as citizens of of heaven? What time we got? These are my musicians to come. Someone, one of our great preachers, and I forget who it was in admonishing his fellow preachers. He said, you need to preach like a dying man speaking to a dying man. 
Maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm not dying. Well, I am dying. But not yet. I know, church, that you agree with this. I know that this is your thought life, but, you know, the tools and the keys by, what does he mean by it? How do we let our light shine? How can we keep our, you know, saltiness? We're in a... been transferred into a new country. And there's a culture of that country. In Psalms 15, it asks the question, and it says, Lord, who can abide in your tabernacle, and who may dwell on your holy hill, and who walks, you know, who is this person? How can they do that? What does it take? And then he tells us, as clearly as can be, He says, the person that has a positive inside or inner person. Someone that has captured, as it were, the resurrected Christ. That sees him sitting. Wasn't it Isaiah that said, you know, it was a transformation of his life. He said, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and All of a sudden, he was smitten with his own lifestyle and smitten with his own, you know, you know. And soon as Isaiah realized it, God doesn't just leave him in a despaired position. He just touches his lips. (laughs) You know what I mean? And a transformation begins to take place take place he says that if you want to live in my presence he said you need to live a lifestyle that displays integrity that displays justice that displays reliability and there's some negative things he says that it doesn't do. And he says, you don't harm others verbally. You don't harm others physically. And you don't cast reproach. What does reproach mean? It means that you address someone in such a way to express disapproval or disappointment to make the failing of someone more apparent. You don't broadcast it. You cover. Remember Noah? Noah is celebrated a little bit too much after a miraculous saving of his household and all of these animals that he's gathered. And so he over-celebrates and he gets beside himself and is out of character. And God pronounces judgment on one for reproaching him and blessing on those that didn't reproach him. 
We're not to be people who broadcast people's sins. Don't broadcast people's sins. Aren't you glad God doesn't broadcast yours? Yeah. I mean, the ones that happened this last week. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't go ahead and tell anybody about them. He says, don't you either. And if you have an association that that you need to, to help you in those weak areas, see, a prayer chain is good, but it can be also destructive. Since you find somebody new, and then that you pray with one another. You just keep it right there in that, in that nucleus. As kingdom people, we must not lose the drama, the importance of that we've been removed from one place of residency to another. We've been repositioned and repurposed. We've been commissioned. We're on outposts of God's kingdom. And our goal is to to undermine the tyranny, the rulership of the evil one. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, and so it's it's not the person. It's the evil one that's operating in their life. We are commissioned to undermine that. We are commissioned to go ahead and, you know what I mean, to undo. So in the gift of salvation that has been won for you, this is part of what you and I are called to do. Because our loyalties have changed from one kingdom to another. We've been relocated and our citizenship is now in heaven. And we're royal subjects of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Absolutely. It empowered the disciples. says you know the the rulers they had a rule that's what rulers do is rule and they made a decree don't you preach in that name anymore so now it's time to decide 
whose culture you're going to live by. And the disciple says, you'll have to determine that in your own courts. But I've already determined to live by the culture and the principles of the kingdom. I've already done it. Now it doesn't always lead positively. Not in everybody's life, but I guarantee you somebody's life. Somebody's life will be impacted by living kingdom principles. Stand with me this morning. What an appropriate message, I believe, when tomorrow is when we honor and celebrate those that gave their life for freedom. Jesus gave his life for freedom. We are a we are the first Freedom Caucus. <laughs> We're the first Freedom Caucus. You see, when we became Christians and when we became believers, it was not just about a new Sunday schedule. but life is new creations. Not just about a new Bible, but about a new lifestyle. Not just about a new label, but about a new loyalty. Yes. Your kingdom come is not just a nice prayer, but it's to compel us. To compel us. I don't know what song we have this morning, but you know, I hear about the ineffectiveness of the church. The church was never meant to be ineffective. No, it wasn't. But if we hide our light and we lose our culture, we're good for nothing. Now, we can still go to heaven. Absolutely, that's been finalized. But we're good for nothing in affecting the country where we're at and where we're, we're living. Now, I'm not a fighter, so I'm really grateful for culture of the kingdom. I've never had a fight in my life. 
scared of them. I'm not a boxer, I'm not a wrestler, you know what I mean? You want to fight? Somebody else. So I really like this approach. You want to fight me? Oh, I love you, brother! <laughs> he says, you dismantle them. Dismantle it, you know what I mean? I love that approach. But the one thing the church can't have and be, and, and that is have enemies among yourself. Now, we can believe different and we can approach things different, but we can, we, we must not, you know, make them our enemies. We can't do it. How often you hear of God is, why are there so many difference of yous? Well, I'll tell you why, because there's so many difference of yous. <laughs> it's all. I know. I mean, people tell me that when they come into this church, you know, the first time, and, and we've, we've, we've calmed down a lot. We used to be pretty wild. <laughs> You know, it just didn't fit for everybody. It didn't fit for everybody. So, I want the power of the Holy Spirit more than anything, but, you know, I want it in such a way that people are not afraid to come in the net and find out about the Holy Spirit and how wonderful and marvelous He he is. And you don't have to express God just the way I do. Oh. You don't have to. Listen, I thought about, I'm really a long-winded preacher, I know that, but I tell you, you took a look at Jesus' message on the Sermon on the Mount. He kept those boys there for a real long time. <laughs> Three chapters. Preached three chapters full, and I just highlighted them. Now, I'm not saying you won't get in trouble, but you know what it says? It says it with relation to Stephen. He said they could not resist the spirit in which he spoke. They didn't have an argument. I mean, they still killed him, but he left them speechless. They could not come back with anything. He left them speechless. How? Thank God you don't have to worry about that today. You know what I mean? You don't live in an old country that permits people just to kill you. Okay? So you're safe. To an extent. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's not going to change. But you know, don't be surprised. It, it, it might not come way by the way of people in bodies. It may come in the way, though, of spiritual warfare. It may. You will get challenged. You will, he will try to knock you off your game. He will try to make it appear like that your approach was wrong. You know. But... 
it's right. Father, as we go and we celebrate the kingdom, we pray with all of our heart and we motivate with compellingness in our lives to be part of the influence of the heavenly kingdom in the earthly realm in which we are walking today. By your grace, oh Lord, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, we shall be successful, God, in our role, and our saltiness is going to be salty, and our light is going to be bright, and we are not going to become dimmed by darkness that's all around us and comfortable with us, Father. We thank you for the grace of God and the blessing of the Lord that you promised, Father, to those that live the kingdom come in their lives. I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. All the people said amen. Amen. Glory to God. Go with God and God's going with you.